Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Let's rev up the conversation. Time for Driven Radio Show. We are coming to you from the Temple of All Things Automotive, the Driven Radio Show Studios. Holy hell, I made it through. Yes. (laughs) And maybe I'll be able to edit that. (laughs) Fantastic. Our special guest this week is Dominic Dolio. Dominic is a musician, car enthusiast, and car flipper raised in Chicago, Illinois. His band, Private Instigators, has been on the Warp Tour, has toured with the Misfits, and has been getting airtime on Marky Ramone's satellite radio channel after... After Dominic got trapped in a car with Marky during a Mexican <laughs> Independence Day celebration. God, that's a story. <laughs> Mexican Independence Day celebration. With, with Marky Ramon. With Marky Ramon. Uh, there's a story there. Dominic, welcome to Driven Radio. Thanks for having me. Tell us how you got stuck in a car with Marky Ramon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He was going to be playing Riot Fest in Chicago, and he had contacted me for the first time in like 10 years years before this we were pretty tight i actually drove him from cleveland to chicago and in my mercury marauder he stayed in touch with me originally because i had that car he actually said when i met him if you ever want to sell the car let me know what year so what year marauder? Uh, 2003 mark was getting all saucy he was really gonna hope you were just gonna spit out oh, something dude, 60s. I, would, I would just i would drop a kidney in a heartbeat for an early <laughs> 60s marauder anywhere 63 65 uh, you know, they, they don't have that funky uh, breezeway window, but they're still hella cool. I'll cut that deal with you. I'm sure there's someone who'll take <laughs> one of your kids away. <laughs> so um, we were in touch over that, over the car. And then uh, when he contacted me, I said, yeah, I still have the car. You want to go for a ride in that thing? And I was sending him a picture of my girlfriend's car at the time, too. Uh, 1977 Lincoln Continental two-door coupe. And... <laughs> That is a mobile aircraft carrier. Upper window. Her car is 18 inches longer than my Lincoln Town Car L. That's extended six inches. So her coupe is technically longer than uh, (laughs) what was a modern first-tier limousine. Doors weigh more than a smart car. Oh, my God. And when when you open them, the breeze blows back on your hair while they're moving. So... I would send him these pictures of these cars because Marky is a car enthusiast. Well, I picked him and his band up in the in the Marauder like wait, wait. at eight o'clock in the morning. He and the band. He's got the whole band in the car. Yep. And I got to hang out with everybody. I got to see the sound check. It was great. And I got to stick around for the show, which was phenomenal. And uh we hung out with Jerry only from the Misfits too. They said uh, earlier, okay, park the car by the stage. I like reversed it in so we could just leave immediately after the show. Well, this was a time when <laughs> there was Mexican independence going on and uh, celebration. And this is not a one day thing. This goes on for like two weeks <laughs> in Chicago. They'll nice. take over. Everything's in the red, in the GPS. He's in the front seat with me. We were behind a Dodge Ram truck, and there's about like half a dozen girls twerking in front of us. He's in the front, and they're all in front. They're all in front, and then he's just having like no response because his, you know, his wife is right back there. So oh. he has to pretend like, so he has to pretend like that. This is um, uh, an empty pickup truck. 
they're doing their thing. We're barely moving. And he's stuck behind the downtown torque wagon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then he actually said, uh, keep your distance because that guy might accelerate kind of hard and one of them might oh, fall drop out. him out. Yep. Oh, no. When we got uh, within a block and a half of the hotel and then we're sitting and we're sitting for like someone gets out of the car. The drum tech gets out and says, uh, you aren't going anywhere because people have uh, parked and turned off their cars and they are partying in front of the, their cars. And this is on Upper Wacker Street in Chicago. <laughs> Somebody you. was doing a burnout uh, in front of a charter bus and the smoke is getting in the bus. <laughs> Cats and I'm dogs living, living together. together. Mayhem. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> yep. Mass hysteria. Yeah, that, yes. I was like, so uh, what's your favorite Buddy Holly song? It's like, maybe, baby. And I was like, okay, Johnny Thunders, uh, Born to Lose. So we're just talking music stuff. Yeah. And then we're, talk we're talking cars, too. Because uh, he loves big uh, old American cars. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, they they said um, it's like well some of these people here are stuck and some are here to party and the guy's like well why don't I just tell people that you don't care to party and you want to leave and see what we can do because I was in the right lane there's a left lane that goes the same direction of traffic and then there was a curb and I said this guy's trying to leave and I I was like yeah and then somebody backed up a little. And I nudged the Marauder back and forth maybe 10 times. Then I popped the curb, and then I pulled the U-turn. I got out of there, and then nice. I made it clear that I was a little annoyed because when I, when the rear tires fell off the curb, uh, uh, they were spinning. So I kind of did a little mini burnout to celebrate as I was leaving. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> yes. When and how did you discover you were a car enthusiast? This was when I was about eight years old. An uncle of mine in Florida uh, for Thanksgiving, my family would always fly down from Chicago to Orlando, Florida. He had a few junkyards. He had, like, I think about mm. five for cars and two or three for semi-trucks. Said, if I ever find anything back there that ran, I was free to drive it um, after hours. I found a uh, blue Freight Dodge liner. Diplomat from, like, <laughs> I think oh. 1986. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'd like to apologize for the 80s and that part of it. But I'll never forget Navy Blue Dodge. Uh, yeah, Dodge Diplomat. Now, wait a minute. And How old were you when you climbed into this thing to drive it? He said he was eight. Eight. Holy eight. shit. Okay. Yeah. That was kind of awesome. Old. That just made the story so much better. I, I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <gasps> okay. Eight years old driving a Dodge Diplomat. Pre-adolescent. I don't think I ever touched the throttle. I think I just coasted the entire time. <laughs> like a king. How like fast a boss. do you need to be going? You're in a yeah. junkyard. You're eight. You're looking through the steering wheel. Did you hit anything? No. I did not. <gasps> what? Uh, I was I was actually really scared. So I just, <laughs> I, I had my foot on the brake the entire no, time. Wait, wait. And I think that was the exact car the Statue of Liberty stepped on in Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first car you drove. And that was the one that turned you into a car fan. Not very long after that, or maybe around about that era, your dad leased a BMW 750iL, a brand new one. And at the end of that lease, turned it in to get another car. Years later, you tracked that car down and bought it. How did you find that car 
what did you say to the guy who owned it at the time and how much did it cost you to get it back? So I went to a friend of mine that works at, at a DMV and it's not exactly a DMV. It's like, if you want to skip some steps, you go to them. And apparently they, um, ran the VINs and told me that the BMW still exists. I'm like, all right, great. And then they said, well, uh, we have the address. Would you like it? I'm like, I don't know how legal this is, but yes. <laughs> so I uh, tried to look them up on social media. I found the name. I wasn't getting any responses. And I was like, well, my original intention was to just knock on the door be asked to leave or check out the car and right. then leave. So <laughs> I knock on the door. This woman answers and says, yes. And I said, is there a Levester here? Does he have a, uh, a silver BMW? Levester? Yes. Yeah. His name is Levester. Levester Lestone. Got it. <laughs> this, I knock on the door and then she gets him and he, um, I say, is there, do you have a silver BMW here? He said, yes. I was like, it used to be my dad's car. Is it okay if I see the car? And he said, sure. And just oh. then, my buddy shows up with the Crown Vic. He walks up on their porch with me, and he's, you know, I had green hair at the time. Uh, not a good part of town. This is the part that makes headlines. He's dressed really punk rock. He had, like, a leather jacket. He's got the chain to the wallet and everything. So we go to the back. I check out the car. It's in the garage. It's right. been parked for four years. And I uh, asked why, and then he said, "Oh, it's having a, it's having a running issue. Uh, they had a battery, a brand new battery hooked up to it, uh, but it would not turn on." And they said, "You want to try it to get this thing running?" I said, "Yeah, sure." So I had tools on me. I tinkered with it, and it would turn over, but it wouldn't fire up. Before I left that night, he said, um, "So you, your father had a car like this one?" I was like, "No." This is my dad's car. So it took a second to register. He's like, wait, so you found your dad's. How did you find me? I said, well, I called a friend and you have the car. So, <laughs> so do you have the kilo that was under the uh, dashboard, though? That's the real question. Yeah. <laughs> my dad's <laughs> feeling a little anxious. <laughs> right, right. And I, he uh, said he got a new battery and would try to if I wanted to help install it and try to get the car running, we would do it. I was like, okay, sure. So I got there, and then I got it running just by hooking up the battery, but the car did not want to rev at all. Just needed seafoam. Seafoam <laughs> fixes everything. Seafoam and Marvel I'll Mystery Oil. I mean, come on. So we later on was like, well, how much can I pay you to like fix the car? I want to get back on the road. And I was, I was like, well, Vester, I'm not interested in fixing your car. I'm interested in buying your car. <laughs> anyway, I go back. I got the car running, and then I said, what's it going to take to get the car? And um, say, well, what number were you thinking? I was like, well, what number were you thinking? We go back and forth on this for a little while, and at the time, like I I paid the, the lawyer a decent amount, so I didn't feel as though I could give him a uh, reasonable offer. Later on, I was like, man, what do I do? And this was in the middle of uh, COVID. This was like in 2020. I should have mentioned this part. So I found the car in November 2020. And I was like, all right, well, um, what are we going to do here? Actually, no, 2019. Found it in 2019. So I was like, what am I going to do? And before then, 
I would sometimes uh, get back really late from at night and pick up my guitar and just figure out whatever song I heard that day that caught my attention. I was like, oh, I want to learn how to play this. Why not? My girlfriend would do cosplay sometimes. So I was like, yeah, why not? I'll dress up at three in the morning. I'll put on some sunglasses and learn this Billy Joel song and make a little video on it. Why not? There were people that were paying attention. I, I was just trying to have fun. I was yeah. bored. And I was like, wait a second. Why don't I just play guitar and get something going where um, it'd be like a virtual, uh, you know, upside down hat with a tip jar. And you use I this mean, to make money to buy back the BMW? Yes. What's the number you finally came to with the gentleman? With Lovester. <laughs> Lovester. Well, $2,200 cash and three cartons of cigarettes. <laughs> and, and a shank. And yeah, that sounds uh, like a jailhouse yeah. deal. For the uninitiated, can you please briefly explain trailer boat races? Trailer boat races. I'm trailer not boat with. races. And how in the hell did you get involved in that? It's an event that... Um, taking place for a while but uh the one i did was at the rockford speedway in uh rockford illinois and what you what happens is trucks pull boats <gasps> on their belt on their bellies no um no oh God, trailers no They're, trailers this is racing we might <laughs> hey, be but yet you call for. it trailer boat races so it starts with irony and moves on from there what you have to do is the cars go around a circle track and <laughs> The, the main objective, well, the only objective, is you have to knock the boat off the other guy's truck oh, or well, yeah. car, whatever they show up <laughs> Strategy. in. And um, wow. how I got involved was my uh, girlfriend's brother's really into this stuff. The events were, um, they were shut down because of uh, COVID, but uh, they decided to bring them back again. And this was in the middle of 2020. Um, this was before I got the BMW. So, yeah, so I guess I got, yeah, I got the BMW at the end of 2020. What are you driving? 1989 (laughs) Chevrolet Suburban. Oh, Invincible. Go for it. Nice. Right. And this vehicle was in two races prior to this, including (laughs) one time it got flipped over. So this was the race truck, and um, it was literally kind of like that scene in Tokyo Drift. And for like about five minutes, I tried to talk him out of it. I was like, you are okay with me wrecking your truck? I don't know what type of boat it was. Uh, please forgive me. I don't know my boats. But they were throwing, before the race, they were throwing all their beer cans in my boat. <laughs> Redneck confetti. <laughs> right. <laughs> Watch him go. So, so there was a driver's meeting right beforehand. And um, I wasn't in the sign-up sheet. They literally, like, said, like, all right, you're getting a pit pass and just go by that vehicle. The garage door for the driver meeting closed. And I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. Uh, I missed the meeting. And now they're going to, like, throw a helmet on me uh, and then just go go in and go do it. Well, this sounds like most redneck festivities. Just get behind the wheel and go like hell. (laughs) I think I was the only one sober on the track. If you blow below .08, you're not allowed to race. That wasn't a driver's meeting. They were in there just shotgunning beers. Yeah, that's redneck. Got your loop. screwdriver, got your beer can. Ready to go, go, go. All right, let's go race. We didn't bring you enough right? natty light for him. Shut oh, the door. Yeah, yeah, shut the door. He'll take the bush light. That's the expensive one. <laughs> they call that a bush latte over here. <laughs> 
I'm not making this up. That's awesome. Okay, so you're in the race. Tell us about the race real fast. Sure, real fast. All right. Well, I got in, and um, it's a sound like you've never heard before. You you hear the uh, announcer uh, making announcement, like, whoa, look at that hit. And you hear your your Chevy V8 roaring. You got you somebody doing play-by-play. And I'm guessing right. there's not a catalytic converter on the track anywhere. <laughs> oh no, those those were all sold. You, they probably could have sold those. <laughs> Had to finance the bush lattes. So I get in, and then people are hitting the like. I know, like probably about maybe three fifths of the people on the track, and they all want to crash into me. So I had this little idea where it's like, if I floor it, if someone's behind me, they're just gonna keep pushing me, and they're gonna push me into the wall. If I hit the brake when someone's on my boat, I feel as though they're going to be able to drive over the boat and possibly hit my rear bumper and knock my boat off. So my tactic was to coast whenever somebody was on my boat. The the vehicle hitting me would be doing all the work and kind of having minimal benefit. I took a few laps. I didn't hit anybody. I was just trying to get a feel for the vehicle, kind of like, you know, the Stig would do in Top Gear. When he gets the feel of it. And then eventually I, I got into it. I didn't know who was in what vehicle. I did not want to hit the person that had given me the Suburban for the night. But I didn't care about anybody else. So I was swinging into their boats. And my trick was to also keep it in second gear the entire time. And <laughs> so I... I asked like one person before the race, I was like, should I keep it in second gear the entire time? Because we're not going to be going past 30 miles per hour. And that seems to be a good gear to be doing drifting in. And then the guy, he stops and pauses. He looks to the side like he had never thought about that before. Like, yeah, second gear is probably a good idea. It's, anyway, it's Goldilocks racing rules. Not too fast, not too slow. And there were uh, 30 of us, and I placed third. Nice. <laughs> awesome. And the re- the reason my vehicle quit running was somebody that was in another vehicle hit me hard enough to kill my fuel pump. So the vehicle would the vehicle would not start again. And these guys take these I mean, some of them take it very seriously. They had they use the same vehicles year after year with exoskeletons on the vehicles like an off road uh, rock crawler. They're really oh, serious God. about this. It really it looked like uh, death race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it literally Fine looked quality like that. Movie. I'll, I'll email you some pictures of that. It was yeah, just like the remake of that movie. Um, yeah, kind of like a circuit too, just like the remake was. So, so, <laughs> so given that you've driven a suburban and a dirt circle dragging a boat, boat behind it with no trailer, this may be a pointless question. <laughs> What's the dumbest thing you've ever done in a car, or have you already answered? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the dumbest thing I had ever done happened in Louisville, Kentucky. There used to be these huge gatherings of Mercury Marauders. We would get together every year in an event called Marauderville. But before that was a, uh event in Louisville, Kentucky. We would get together for like Friday, Saturday, then everyone parts on Sunday, where we would go around and sometimes go to cave exhibits, barbecue restaurants, but there'd be like 70 Mercury Marauders going down the road at once. Oh, and some people thought it was like an FBI convention. I'm not making this up <laughs> because most of the cars were just, you know, black and the general public would think they were crown Vicks. Well, we had a police escort from a barbecue restaurant back to the hotel. We all went to the hotel, you know, 70 of us going down the road. I got back and I had wanted 
everybody to sign this huge Mercury Marauder banner I had. No one at the hotel had a uh, Sharpie. So I was like, all right, I'll just go to a gas station. I'll go to Walgreens. I'll get, you know, Sharpie. And yeah. And while everybody's still around, um, I'll get everyone to sign. And I'm very happy I did that. Me being the last minute person I am, I need to break out of it. I never seem to be able to. Is like we were all going to get together within like 20 minutes and have like a raffle and everything. I was like, well, if everyone's in the same room, I can get everyone to sign this. I need to get this marker in a hurry. I pulled out of the, the hotel parking lot, and this was a road that's full of businesses, like as in like you would see a hotel on one side, then you would see um, like an old country buffet on the other and a yeah. Holiday Inn on the other. So yeah. it's like a business road, I guess. I pulled out, and I fishtailed to the right, to the left, and then back to the right, and I see a police car coming directly at me, opposite direction, and I smiled as I was driving by. And then he pulled a U-turn, and yeah. I was like, oh, great. This guy was not one of the escorts. And he, <laughs> saw, he saw me doing this negligent driving. Yes. Right in front, right in front of him. My first ticket. You know, I, <laughs> before he even turns the lights on, I pull over into the next business. I'm just waiting there. Yeah. And he pulls up right behind me. He, like, the lights were never turned on. I knew I was caught, and I knew... Uh, I was going to be in trouble. And it was a state trooper, by the way. This was not local to Louisville. Oh, no, you got no the flat hat. hat. Angry and with a good haircut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. He uh, said, what you just did is an arrestable offense. Oh. Tell me why I shouldn't prosecute you to the full extent of the law. And I said, well, all of us Marauder guys are getting together. We're trying to have fun. I was like, there's no reason why you shouldn't prosecute or arrest me i know what i did i'm not going to say i was i was like there's no reason to not do that uh sorry i i carefully phrased that. i think he i think he picked up on it too i was like i will not do that kind of driving here anymore and uh he's like i know what this car is i know what it's capable of have a good day and i oh. was like okay so i got the marker and i came back <laughs> And then I walked into the room, the, uh, the banquet room, where there's like 70 people. And it was just like that scene in Animal House when they're going to have like that kind of like uh, fake little hearing or trial. I walk in, then 70 people, yeah! <laughs> and, and Remember those. Like, there oh. are damn few times in life when you walk yeah. into a room and get applause. <laughs> yes. So apparently what had happened was I left, obviously, and... The trooper went to the Marauder people, and apparently they they said, well, the nicest way to phrase it is, you got the warning, we got the lecture. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you sons of bitches. <laughs> very, very well done. Well done. A little chat about my town. We've been speaking with Dominic Dolio. Dominic, please take a minute and share all your social media links. Um, you can find uh, my band, Private Instigators, on Facebook. Our Instagram is pinstigators.com, and we are actually going to be recording a new album soon because I found someone else's 65 Buick, and he stated to me that if you ever find my dad's car, I'll fund your album, and I did. Fantastic. And he bought it three weeks ago, and now we all have a reason to go to Alabama to go record. Alabama. Woo! 
you have a bunch of YouTube videos out too, so uh, be sure to stop by and look for private in, uh, instigators, instigators on YouTube. On YouTube. Yes. Dominic, thank you. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. That's a you know super nice guy. It was kind of funny that off uh, before we recorded, we were talking about uh, getting uh, finding vehicles like he found his dad's and yeah. stuff. And that was pretty interesting, also, uh, which of course we didn't have in this show because well, we were just chit chatting and uh, and and the ways of of hunting down. Uh, a vehicle, especially like I, I whined about that 55 Plymouth that I used to have and I have a, it, I was able to find you it. You ever find the sucker? T- I'll buy it for you. It was, uh, I talked to a gentleman who owned it, uh, bought it from my dad mm-hmm. and then uh, he had it until 1994, gave it to his daughter and his daughter doesn't remember Jack about where <sighs> she got rid of God. it, et cetera, because, and he, he redid it and all this stuff. So it no was, kidding. Uh, it was a. Uh, did he burn holes through it? Trying to <laughs> no, he he actually knew how to get a car fixed. So, uh, uh, but uh, you know, who knows? Maybe someday. But it was interesting uh, to listen to the way he tracked through, especially for older cars that have those smaller VIN numbers. Yeah, little uh, little common ground with uh, Dominic, and we didn't really get into this. He owns a lot of his father's cars, a lot of cars yeah. that his dad used to have. And I've got a few of those as well. Uh, the red Corvette and the pickup and uh, the Schadenfreude Express. The Schadenfreude Express. That's the one I was thinking of. <laughs> it was the God, one. <laughs> freaking Schadenfreude Express. But the weird thing is, Dominic hunted down his dad's German V12 sedan. Oh, wow. I know where mine is. I just can't hunt down the parts for it. <laughs> yeah. or, or, Part or two I, of the story. <laughs> or, or I could if I had enough money to throw at them, I'm quite certain. <laughs> Thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. You can find us online at LinkedIn as Driven Radio Show Ooh, Podcast. Importante. And you can find us as DrivenRadioShow.com on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Driven Radio Show. And listen everywhere fine podcasts are heard. I am Brett Hatfield for Mark L. Groves. Yep. Thank you for listening. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. The show ought to post just right before. So Merry Christmas to everybody out there. And we'll see you next time here on Driven Radio. Mm-hmm.